0: Hello and welcome to Off The Roll. I'm your host, Troy Hirschman. On today's podcast, we get we talk to Jim Ruthier. Jim was the longtime athletic trainer at Concord High School in Elkhart, Indiana. While he was at Concord, he was also the girls' volleyball coach, spending 22 years and a 472-179 record as the vo- girls' volleyball coach at Concord. When he retired from Concord, um, he became uh, the women's volleyball coach at Goshen College in Goshen, Indiana. So he has an interesting story to tell, um, some great athletic training stories. Jim was also the Athlete Trainer of the Year for the IATA in 1990 and was inducted into the Indiana Athlete Trainer's Hall of Fame in 1998. Jim is also a member of the Ball State Cardinal Sports Medicine Society Ring of Honor, which he was inducted in 2004. So let's go off the roll with Jim Ruthier. Welcome to everybody to Off the Roll. Uh, We're talking to Jim Ruthier today. Jim, uh, longtime athletic trainer at Concord High School in um, Elkhart, Indiana, and then uh, finished up his career as a volleyball coach at Goshen College. And so we're going to talk to Jim today and let him tell his story. And uh, from, from what I understand in my research, this is a great story. So I hope everybody enjoys it. So hi, Jim. How are you? How you doing, Troy? Doing well, doing well. Sunshine, can't beat that. Yeah, you just got back from Florida, too, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, now that we're, my wife and I are both retired, we spend uh, the winter in Florida. Yeah, good. Snowbird. Yeah,
0: <laughs> great, great. <laughs> well, l- this is how I usually start off every podcast with everyone. Um, so, talk, first of all, where, were you, where are you from? Where's your hometown at? Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, what high school did you go to in Fort Wayne?
1: Went to Elmhurst, which is no longer, they tore it down two years
0: ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now defunct. Okay. Um, so, you're from Fort Wayne and kind of talk to us a little bit. I, I normally ask how, well, I would say this how you got started in an interest in athletic training. But I think in reading and doing my research a little bit, you didn't start out at Ball State, did you?
1: no no i kind of wound around uh, i started out uh, i was at, at elmhurst you know i was in athletics and everything and uh indiana purdue fort wayne iupu was uh, the college i thought you know i'm not sure what i want to do so i went out there for the year when i graduated in 68 and they were just starting their um basketball program and baseball program and soccer program So they offered me a little bit of cash and said, hey, you want to, you know, if you make the team, you know, uh, basketball, you can play basketball. So I end up playing two years basketball and two years baseball there. Okay, And then, then's when I transferred to Ball State because I thought, okay, I, I'm going to go into, I want to go into science of some type. Okay. Actually, I started out in architectural engineering and, and electrical engineering at IU Purdue, but I was colorblind and I didn't do well in that right away. could tell yeah.
0: one wire from another. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's interesting. If you listen, um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to some of their podcasts, but I mean yeah. the um, the amount uh, Ron O'Neill, Rob Hunt. I can go down the line um, with people I've talked to that all started out in some type of architecture engineering type program and then said, "No, I'm going to change gears and and end up in athletic training." I think it's interesting because it's it's a um, there, there's some correlation between the two, um, in regards to you're just applying some of that that kind of curiosity towards the human body versus a mechanic. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah.
1: And when I when I I have to I have to give Jim Dickerson all the credit for getting me into athletic training, because I was down there. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna major in biology, maybe go you know into the anatomy and uh, maybe med school eventually or use something with it. And I took a class with Jim Diggerson, athlete training 101, I think it was first aid and athletic training. And I just, I really jumped on that. I really loved it. I loved working with athletics. I loved working with the motivated athletes, and then going. I got to go out on the football field uh, in uh, with. Or actually, practice with Jim Dickerson and his staff and everything, and he'd stand out there for three hours and tell jokes. And I, you know what? I thought, "This, what a great job! I gotta do this." I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, so who was he at Ball State? I mean, you kind of were in that class. So, oh, who you, was a, who was at Ball that State black when you were here? picture.
1: That black and white picture has got, got our graduating class. I think Jack Mansfield was in there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Steve Cezanne. Um, I think Ken Evans was in there. Of course, yeah. course of course, Coddington. Jim Russ. i um, trying to think of who else was in that. A couple people I don't – I can't remember. Oh, uh, uh, Bruce Manifold, who I think didn't stay with it. I think he he did something else when he got yeah. out. but. Yeah, that was quite a group. That was quite a group.
0: It it is, it, yeah. It, it, it I mean, just the the sheer. Um, well, that's that's almost. I mean, how many how many in that group are in the IATA Hall of Fame? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just about everybody. Just about everybody. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Just about. Well, that everybody. was that was back when you know I'd never heard of athletic training. Never heard of it. I take that class, and and that was kind of the real starting of athletic training in indiana and i remember going to the first iata meeting i think it was at butler and uh it it was like they're just getting the 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 organization together uh jay bradley was there i can't remember everybody else and and uh, uh it was it was a good time to be around it was a good time to get in
0: yeah yeah um so while you're at Ball State, too, you're taking athletic training classes, you're, you're helping out with athletic training, and then you, you wind up in a, in a volleyball class. Is that correct? Oh, that's correct. <laughs> Scott Grimm,
1: GRI, Scott Grimm was a friend of mine I met down there, and he was on the volleyball team. Okay. So I took, I took a volleyball class with Shondell, and Shondell, of course, said, you know, you look pretty good, you know, and I, I really I really <laughs> took to that, too. I mean, I'd yeah. never, I didn't
0: know
1: anything about men's volleyball. I was used to, you know, volleyball when you have, a, have all the family over. <laughs> right, <laughs> and yeah, yeah.
0: I hated that. Out in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so I got my training down there under probably the best I could with Shondell. I mean, he was the guru when it came to volleyball, of course, back right. in the 70s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, how did that work? Were you, were you like going to volleyball practice and then, and then trying to sneak off to, to help out with, with, because it was at that time when you were there. So Ruddy Adams was kind of still here as the head yes, up Yeah. And then, and then Jim and Sindri were here, um, teaching classes and work, you know, whatever Ron was doing as well. I mean, so how were you splitting your time between, athletic training stuff and men, being on the men's volleyball team well i wasn't out
1: on the team i was more you know at the practice i was more of the practice player i mean that's okay. that's what uh and which i really enjoyed i mean you know that's if you're gonna learn it that's where you're gonna learn it at the practice and uh i wasn't good enough to be you know i wasn't six foot and <laughs> right yeah and uh, so I, I really learned it that way and I was putting in hours in the training room at that time they had a minor they were just started so I thought okay and that'll fit real well into my pre-med I uh, was looking at uh with the biology and I was on the five-year program anyway so
0: right yeah
1: um and then I so- got married down there too I mean I met my wife down there and And uh, that that kind of settled me down, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Funny thing. A funny thing about me marrying Steph is that uh, uh, um, um, one of the athletic trainers that I met down there was uh, Rick Meyer, Rick Bill Myers, who uh, was a. GA at that time and I got to know him pretty well and my wife Stephanie had a roommate Chris Charters and uh he didn't know anybody or anything so I said well here I'll just fix you up with a date with Chris Charters well they got married just the same year we did (laughs) 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 and he he went over to Toledo or uh and was athletic trainer over there at a high school in a clinic for many many
0: years and we still meet him every year down in Florida that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's again, as, as you know, stories that you hear about, uh, uh just different, how how athletic trainers have connected over the years and then different oh, types yes. of relationships and stuff that develop out of that. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of stories of, of, you know, I, I work with this guy that I introduced to my w- wife's friend or sister or whatever. I mean, I was trying to think of the story when I was at Indiana state, um, Oh, I um, Dwight Fraze, who used longtime athlete trainer at Newcastle. Um, his wife, I I'm trying to think of the connection, but but um, it it might have been a niece of Mel Blickenstaff. Um, oh wow! I know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to re, re, I'd have to talk to Dwight to find out connection again. But yeah, I mean, he knew Mel Blickenstaff, and and um, when That's I crazy. and I I go. I get, and I don't know if there was a connection there on, on, if they if they met because of that or what, but um, but yeah, it, there was a connection there. Oh, so I
1: know the, the connections, and uh, you know when I got in with uh, athletic training and the IATA, you know, again it was in the infancy years. But the people I met, you know, uh, Rick Shaw that I worked with, and Jay Bradley, and uh, of course uh, um, um, at um, oh I um, can't of course Russ or Russ Jim Russ and stuff. But um, really nice people. You know, Jack Mansfield was another guy I really, really enjoyed. And uh, the more I was around those people, it's like, you know, these are the kind of people I want to be around. These are the kind of people I really enjoy being with. Oh, Kip Smith down at uh, IU. He was very informal. And then I got on the IATA board. I don't know how smart that was. I think Rick talked me into doing that he said you need to run for treasurer you need to run for treasurer right, you know, and then he got on there for 10 years and it's like holy cow yeah. driving down once a month from three hour drive getting back at three o'clock in the morning going teaching <laughs> but yeah you know, it was it was great
0: camaraderie
1: great people to work with
0: yeah so so from ball state you, you went to iu correct for- well, from Ball State, I got a
1: job up here in Elkhart, and okay. uh, I was uh, actually assistant at, assistant uh, director at the brand new YMCA that uh, they had just built, and I was the outreach director working in, you know, putting programs together and stuff, and I ran a couple clinics, uh, student or student trainer athletic training clinics out of it, and I was there for about a year, and the head uh, person there chuck best he knew everybody in alcart i mean he knew everybody from the janitor to the mayor to the president of every company and i really learned everybody in the area who who did what and my name got around and that really that really helped a lot yeah i got teaching got that teaching job at concord My wife and I thought we'd stay here maybe four years, five years, but I became six and six became seven. And again, you know, right place, right time, started the
0: program and never regret it. Right. Yeah. So how many athletic trainers were in that area when you started out? Um, It was myself
1: and then, um, let's see i think uh i'm not sure if mishawaka if he was over there at that time or not that bob bob i don't think so um at um trying to think i think goshen was the only one that had one yeah yeah and uh don ova was over there at goshen and we got to be real close friends we'd meet for Breakfast on Saturday mornings after our practices and stuff, and uh, we we laugh because we'd always uh, we'd always end up in the championship game, Goshen and Concord. They're big (laughs) rivals, and we'd go out afterwards
0: and congratulate the guy that lost because he was football is over. (laughs) Football is over with. Yeah, (laughs) that that still goes on. I think that still goes. I I mean, yeah. There's even I'm really good friends with the. Men's basketball trainer up at Western Michigan, and we've we've joked like we've we've ground through a season in the MAC and oh, yeah. you know, we're mediocre or something, and uh-huh. and and we call it the game that nobody wants to win. You know, from that's the athletic training standpoint, that nobody wants to win. Yeah, that's it. We, we congratulations. We, you can go on to basketball. <laughs> yeah, like like one year he had to if if they beat us or something, they were gonna have they were down here. That was it. Oh, and they would if they win, they go to Cleveland. If they lost, it was over with and they beat us. And he, was, he, he wasn't he was too happy that he was going to take off from here and go to Cleveland. So, um, oh boy, we won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of years later, that was me at Eastern Michigan. So, you know, yeah. it, it comes back and gets you every now and then. But, but, yeah, uh, it's a but, long season. It's yeah, a long it's,
1: season. Yeah. But, but uh, and, and Concord, the people up here at Concord were just awesome, the coaches and stuff. And of course, I started a student trainer program, and uh, back then, what was it? Kramer had those Kramer workshops all the time, right. and uh, I had kids at those Kramer workshops, and I put together a workbook for them, and I was fortunate enough, um, I put a proposal together so the kids could put in hours and get uh, varsity letters, and, you know, I, I had... I had 12, 14 kids in the training room that were was helping me and stuff. Yeah. And uh, that was really nice. I really enjoyed it. And Don Ogle was super. He had the same program uh, that he did and we'd trade student trainers once in a while. They'd go to my, our practice and ours
0: yeah. would go to theirs. And they really liked that. I went mean, out big time. Yeah. no, that And and that's I think that's the thing that um, the, the, to have that to have that kind of guidance um to to maybe look at that as a job or any healthcare job at that point, you know, after you graduate yeah. from high school was was important to have. I mean, did you have any that became athletic trainers out
1: of that oh, program? Yeah, quite a few. Um uh one uh Steve Carter. End up uh, going, getting his athletic training, and then uh, end up with the Detroit Tigers for like twenty years. Oh wow! He was up there. I had uh, Kelly that was down at the Bremen. Uh, got a couple others that are at various high schools around. Uh, had had one that was, he was awesome. Um, he was autistic, high functioning autistic yeah, and I had him in my anatomy class, and he loved athletics. I mean, he he, he couldn't dribble a ball to begin it, but uh, he ended up coming in the training room and he would stand in the corner for a while, and I kept saying,, come on, you know, it's all right, and everything. Yeah. And by the time he graduated, he was, oh, so engaged with everybody. Now he didn't like doing girls' softball because they were too noisy, and that bothered him right. Yeah. all the rest And he went on got his degree, got his master's degree, end up um, someplace over in Ohio as uh, in, a, in a hospital setting. and so he really did well. Nobody ever thought he was going to be able to do that, you know being a high functioning autistic, but he just just fit him perfect.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean again, and that's those are the times that you you probably changed somebody's life and you didn't even realize it you know
1: and, and no you don't you know and and that's one thing. You know, I had opportunities and looked at going to college and, and clinical and everything, but gosh, I really loved, I fell into the teaching, the anatomy, the biology, the medical anatomy. I loved that. I yeah. just loved working with that age kids and I and, uh, really thought that, that that's where my calling was. So I stayed there
0: and I was, I, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at this time, you're, you're, you're the athlete trainer teaching, and then somehow you end up as a girls' volleyball coach at Concord.
1: <laughs> the girls' volleyball coach um, quit at the end of the season kind of, I don't want to say, well, kind of unexpectedly. And that was back when girls' volleyball was just 1979, 1980, and through there we just getting – Started and everything, and the and the court was in the corner of the gym. I mean, it wasn't even in the center court; it was clear over in the corner. And I knew the because we all knew what involved. the
0: center court. We all knew what the center court was reserved for, right? Oh, that's right. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly
1: right. <laughs> we got the new AD that I was good friends with, and he said, "JR," he said, "He said you went to Ball State. You were down there with them on volleyball." He said, "You want you play for the job? I said, "I'm already doing athletic training." He said, "We well, we can work it in. We can work it in." He said, yeah. you know, so, I thought, well, I told him, "Okay, I'll apply. and you know, if I get it, I'll do it for a little while." I did it, yeah, I did it for twenty, what, twenty-four seasons, I think. But I really enjoyed it. Um, again, you see the other side, of the kids, as well as uh,
0: in the training room, and and I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think in this article I read it, your record was four seventy-two and one seventy-nine. I mean, that's that's a that's a Hall of Fame record in itself. <laughs> Outside of you know, athletic grace.
1: I never kept track of that. And and I I will say it was so funny because when I got my four hundred victory, I didn't know what it was. And at the end of the all of a sudden they got balloons and everything else. I'm saying, what in the heck's going on? What's going on? All of a sudden they four hundred. The wind goes up, and like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know. I don't know. I just I just keep on going.
0: <laughs> So, so did you, in those wins, did you beat any, any uh, like any former Shondell, you know, players or anything like that coaching or?
1: Uh, we, we won, a, we won a couple sectionals and stuff, but up here it was Mishawaka that was ranked one year. Mishawaka was ranked number one, Penn was ranked number three. I think it was um, Memorial was ranked number six and we were ranked number eight. Wow. You know, and we're all playing in the same sectional. It's so only yeah. one of us getting out of there. So for about, oh, probably eight, nine years, whoever got out of sectional went down to state. Um, we'd never made it down to state. We made it through regional once and, uh I, you know it was just it was just fun it was just yeah. good competition it was it was when volleyball but we did move the court to the center of the court we did, <laughs> <laughs> <when> I, started, <laughs> I said bob i said if one thing if i take his job i said i want the court in the middle of the of the basketball court And we can do that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's that, that was good because because i i mean again that's the that was the thing though i mean it was oh, the right. Basketball court reserve. I mean, that was reserved
1: for basketball, basketball. but I will say Concord always was front and center on that. I mean, I never had a problem with, uh, with uh, any of my budgets. In fact, in athletic training, um, never, I mean, I, I put in what I needed and everything and told them how much it'd be. And I'd get a thing in my mailbox saying, okay, go ahead and order it. You know, and it was, it was always that way. In fact, when we uh, had a building project at the end, oh, I forget when it was. It was about 15 years before I retired, and there was a section. They had a little little training room that they were, were going to make for me and stuff. And I and I went in and said, "Well, wait a minute. Here's this wall, and here's the wall. If we just close this wall off, you know, I can have a whole training room much much bigger." And the, the architect looked at me and said, "Well, you realize that's like 1,300 or 1,400 square feet." And I said, and the, the superintendent at that time looked at him and said, so <laughs> what's yeah. wrong with that? And, and uh, we got, so we got a really nice training room out of it. I mean, the program was well-respected and, yeah.
0: and we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Cause, cause what you were, obviously what you were working out, before, out of before wasn't nearly that big, was it? Oh my gosh. No. In fact, yeah. I
1: started in a closet. I started in a closet that was about
0: 12 feet by six
1: feet wide. Oh, wow. Yep, and it was, uh, I got a whirlpool that was painted green inside. I had, I had to scrape all the green paint off, and uh, I mean, they didn't have an athletic trainer before, so I was yeah. the first one there, and he just kind of, you know, took it from there, And uh, but I had tremendous support. And, you know, for my students that I had, you know, when we went down to state and uh, were runner up a couple of times in football and basketball, every one of the student trainers got a ring, you know, everyone wow. was always invited to the banquets and everything and always recognized, um, that, that it really helps the program grow.
0: Yeah. And, and that really is a, I mean, that's a reflection on what you were doing there for, for not only this, the student athletes, but, but, our the the kids basically but but also you know the coaching staffs and and stuff understood that you were an important part of what was going on and they were the students were an important part of what you were doing
1: uh, the whole
0: the whole system
1: was was very good that way
0: yeah yeah um so in in 35 years i mean you just talked about it i mean you went from a closet to a to a (laughs) 1300 square foot room with probably a a few more tables and a few maybe (laughs) maybe a little more bells and whistles in there and stuff yeah (laughs) Um, I mean is that kind of what you saw I mean you you've seen it to where like you just talked about athletic training in in Indiana wasn't wasn't that big and then by the time you got done with your career at Concord you've got a bigger room I mean there's probably more athletic trainers that are in the area at different schools what is maybe the biggest if you can talk a little bit about the biggest changes that you saw in that time in your, in, in your career at Concord. Well, I've
1: seen almost, how do I want to say full circle. When I started, there was nobody. And uh, NATA was really pushing high school athletic trainers. I mean, that's where they needed to be. And right. te- teaching. I mean, you know, I have a teaching certificate and athletic training. And uh, now And it got to be where there was quite a few. Then the NATA kind of shifted a little bit and went into the clinical, went into a lot of other stuff. And now with the way they've got the program, it is almost impossible to be a high school athletic educator and athletic trainer. It's so much bigger. And I'm not saying that's bad. I mean, that's good. Uh, for the education purposes, but basically you've just legislated out the high school athletic trainer. Almost every athletic trainer that I know in a high school setting is a clinical that comes, you know, right. and, and, and does the time there, which, which is fine. But there's such, and I really advocate for this, and there's such a difference with having an athletic trainer in the high school teaching and working with the kids during a day and then being there for them at night, then, okay, I'm going to come in at 3.30 and take care of the kids. I mean, that's,
0: you, you
1: you can't get to know them that way. I mean, you do, yeah. but you don't. And, uh, I mean, during a day, I don't know how many times, oh, I can't even begin to count the number of times I had kids come into my room and say, J. are you going? what time are you going to be down there? You know, or, or one thing or another. In fact, we had... I won't name many names, but we had um, coaches from other schools call me and say, you still got your last hour prep. He said, you know, can I bring over a couple of right. kids for you to look at? And I, Yeah, you can do that. That's not a problem. So, I mean, that aspect of it, you can't get just coming in from a clinic, but I understand the finances and I understand the new licensure and everything. It just, it's impossible um, Jim took, Jim Reed took my spot. He was graduated from Huntington College. Uh, he was probably, I think he was the only teacher educator that was graduating with a certification in athletic training at that time. And he took over for me. And now he's out of it. And again, the hours, are horrible i mean he teach all day and and then your athletic training and you've got kind of to cover and everything and you're there till seven eight nine o'clock at night just by all the time yeah. so you gotta love it and uh he went into industry make
0: more money <laughs> in less time yeah yeah i mean and i think that's where um what's what's some of these interlevel master students are are grappling with is that that there and people and the educators are telling them they don't have to do that. And, and I get that. I mean, we're all looking for a little more, um, better life work life balance is what what they want to call it. But, um, you know, the the, the thing is, is that, that there's give and take with that. And that's what you really try to develop is, is, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like next week we don't have basketball workouts. So I'll, I mean, I'll come in next week and there's a few guys that are going to be in town and, and I'll work for a couple hours and then I'll go home. That was the one thing that, that I remember um, when I did my internship with the Philadelphia Eagles, Otho Davis, were all, all of us interns, there were 10 of us, and we, we worked all day, and we got everything set up for the next day, and we're sitting around. We were waiting for Otho to tell us to leave, and Otho comes out and goes, what are y'all doing here? We're like, well, we're done, and he goes, well, when there's nothing to do in the athlete training room, you go home. <laughs> you were yes. waiting to hear that, yeah. And, we're, 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 and we all just looked at each other and went, "Okay." But right. we trying to, he was trying to tell us that, "Hey, when you're when you're done working, don't you don't have to hang out here. You don't have to wait here." Um,
1: you do. You do. You yeah. got to balance that. You got to balance it. And I yeah. see why a clinical training uh and covering the high school and 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 the sports. I, I can see where that's a better balance. I mean, you know, you're not quite teaching all day long, grading papers, setting up labs, everything else for your, and and I enjoyed the teaching. I really did. And, and, you know, going in the training room or coaching or one thing or another, and that's true of coaches too, you know, coaches in the high school, you know, they, they taught all day long and then coached and you always had your season and always seemed to be a long one, (laughs) whether you're winning or losing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, you, you would, you would develop relationships, um, as you're, you'd see kids in the classroom, and maybe even make it applicable for what, especially if you're teaching anatomy, to what they're dealing with, um, and then they would see you that afternoon and say, "Okay, this is what I just yeah. talked to you about in the classroom. Now I'm going to exactly. actually put it to you exactly. here."
1: Yeah. In fact, that was my that was my one thing I always said in the beginning. You know, all of you in my classes, you know, you're not. Mostly aren't going to be doctors or nurses or anything else, but hopefully, when you go in the doctor's office and he and he talks to you about your patella or femur or you got shin splints or something, you at least know what's going on. And yeah. That that was my goal.
0: Yeah. No, and and it's it, that's an important thing because you and I both know that that we I have athletes that that come back from the doctor and I'm like, well, what do they tell you? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something over here, you know. I'm like I'm like okay so that, that you know now I gotta call them and find out what's going on but um, so so um talk to me a little bit about um and I asked this question um to John Coddington a little bit but you know you, you you've alluded to it a little bit but the starting of the IATA and and how it was going and got started and stuff I mean um I mean, you were right on the the front end of all that, and to where, um, you know, it was it was David Craig, it was like you said, um, Jack Mansfield, it was Jay Bradley, you know? J. Yeah. Bradley, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. what, what were your thoughts on that? Is this is it? You know, is it was it like, hey, we need to do this, or where's going, going? or whatever? Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I got into it, you know, these uh, Jay Bradley and everybody else was was really kind of the the pushers and and really knew what was going on. And I just kind of came into it and um, said, okay, you know, I think this is a great idea. And so I I can't even now I look back at it. It just happened. I mean, I, I know behind the scenes with a lot of people I wasn't in on the original you know the, the documentation and everything was I think Reisinger was and and some other people but uh, uh, when I got in there it was already just starting to get rolling and Jay Jay Bradley was the treasurer for a while and when I got when I took over I got a shoebox with a bunch of receipts and a loose leaf notebook and I think we had I think we had not on no, no, thousand dollars in the kitty or whatever yeah. so you know i put all on computer and everything and we by the time we got done uh we were investing on uh we had invested like ten thousand dollars and in it's in uh in a money market you know and stuff and i really enjoyed that part of it and yeah. and i enjoyed meeting the people i mean they were just great people to work with yeah marjolbaum was real instrumental in that as well yeah. Wasn't many women in it. Wasn't many women in it.
0: Yeah. It it, it I mean, that's that and that's the thing that I think, you know, your your kind of athletic training generation, that was still, you know, Title Nine was was obviously and that's everybody's making a big deal yeah. about fifty years of Title Nine right now, but it, it that's just when it was kind of coming into play and and you just didn't see a lot of women in athletic training at that point. No,
1: you didn't. You didn't.
0: And, yeah. and, and then as time went on, it, it more and more and more came involved and, and, and became in positions. But, but um, um, well, I know a lot of my students in the high school,
1: I had, oh, I probably had, uh, oh, maybe a third of them were girls. And uh, quite a few of them went on and, and went into athlete training or at least took it in college. A couple of them became uh, athlete trainers, Kelly. Was an athlete trainer down at Bremen for many years, and um, uh, she was hired strictly just as an athlete trainer. She didn't even teach class, and yeah. so it was good to see that a lot of the women like that went into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, were you part of the group that was was helping out with the Hoosier State Games and and that oh, yeah. stuff in Indy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Pan Am Games. I worked
1: and the Hoosier State Games and uh, the Nike. Jim Hahn was our basketball coach when, um, Sean Kemp and we had that big run down the state and everything, and he got in, involved with Nike. And, uh, so I, w- I worked a lot of the Nike camps. Actually, I think, um, Jay Bradley was in charge of the, of the actual putting together and I got involved yeah. with it and I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and a lot of opportunities with, uh, with the athletics and, and I worked, uh, state games. And then of course the North South all-star football game and the baseball yeah. game and stuff. And I enjoyed that, you know, it was, it's, the problem is from up here, it's a three and a half hour drive to Indianapolis. So, right. so anytime you went, you either spent the night or drove back and got
0: back at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you were, and you were, I mean, as in a lot of that stuff was in the summer and you were oh you yeah were off, off, you know, you're off nice. trying to be off. <laughs> and yet, did, so, did, so did your wife ever go, what are you doing again now? Because I know my wife would have been like, like, you're going where and what are you doing in the summer? You're supposed to be home in the summer. So, <laughs> we, we had a lot of
1: conversation about that. We had a lot of conversation about that. Well, I'd go to Jim uh, and set us up because he'd take the basketball team like uh, Miami of Ohio or Ohio University, not Ohio State, Maryland we went out to, and uh, they'd always say, well, Jim, you got anybody to come out and work? And he'd say, yeah, I got an athletic trainer I'd like to come. They said, oh, great. You know, we take the wives. We'd take the wives. She us. Okay. We went out to Maryland. We went over to Ohio the one time, you know, and Course she'd go out shopping or one thing or another right, and doing yeah. the sights and but uh, no it it worked out really well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's a, you know that would be the thing that that my wife or convention you know she's like what are you going to convention for well that's what we got to do to get our ceus so that's it. oh the yeah. ceus boy would, everything was about the ceus yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: yeah that's one thing i don't miss uh, i <laughs> i love the convention don't get me wrong yeah. <laughs> i love the convention but it always seemed like by the time i got done that period and did all the CEUs on, like one short or something. Like yeah, that. I
0: just, oh. yeah. That, that, I've, I've had that, I've had that happen. And you're scrambling at the last, I mean, you're trying to, oh, yeah. you're trying to do it in a timely manner to get it done. And then, um, sure enough, you come down to like, you, you, like you said, you need one or two more CEUs and, and, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, and you gotta, you gotta scramble
0: gotta to find something go online, find the course you can take, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this will, I, you know, I and all these, you know, they're changing it again and. Oh, they um, are. Yeah, yeah, they they're supposed to. There's a lot of rigmarole with it, and uh, they're supposed to be more control on what you can use and stuff. And and, um, you know, it's funny. The last reporting period that I turned in, that you have ten hours that you can basically put anything on as long as you can document that you took the course. Yeah. So I'm a 4-H leader, and so. um Yeah, so I, I, I have to do this whole, you know, child predator, you know, education yeah. program through Purdue, and so I, that was at least an hour and a half, so I counted that. Oh, <laughs> I, I love yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said, I, you Anything know, I think you can put on there. Exactly, no, I mean, exactly, you can, yeah, whatever, if I took an online course like that that had something to do with 4-H training, then I put it on there, um, and um. And of course, you had to have so many, but it, uh, of whatever they c- uh, category A or whatever. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I I needed help, and and thank goodness I had those courses I had to take that that helped me get over the hump. But um, it's like but doing sure.
1: your taxes, looking for anything you oh, can to
0: <laughs> Yes. What else can I do? What else yeah, that's can a, I do? that's a great <laughs> a, that's a great correlation there. It is it's as painful as doing your taxes, and. Yeah. And it and is as is, is agonizing trying to figure it out and put together. So, um, yeah. but, um, yeah. so, so, I mean, talk to me a little bit about some of the athletes that you got to take care of when you were at Concord. You brought up the, you know, the 80 is it the 88 boys basketball team with Sean Kemp. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: Jeff Massey, Sean Kemp, um, both those kids were just awesome, you know, we had some great football players, uh, the Adams kids, Roy Swope, um, you know, a lot of kids went, a couple of them went to Ball State, Tom son yeah. went down there, you know, he was down there and, um, of yeah. course, Sean was, and Sean was a lot of fun because when he was there, you knew that he was, he was going somewhere. I mean, yeah. and, and we went quite a few times. He invited us up to, uh, see him play and he treated us really well. And then a bunch of us coaches and his they invited me along, went out to uh, Seattle. Okay. About his second or third year out there. And we got to meet uh, the coach and practice and everything. And yeah, it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. And it, it's totally dear. I tell you, in the pros, they don't practice hard. <laughs> it's, yeah. not, it's not anything like it. And Sean, like Sean said, he said, they expect you to come in. They expect you to come in. And, yeah. and Jeff Massey went over to, um, to Europe, and I got a call from him. He was playing in Poland, he said, uh, JR, he said, uh, are you, are you going to be home next week? I said, yeah. He said, well, I got an injury. He said, I'm not going to let him touch me over here. He yep. said, get a hold of Doc, man. He said, I'm, they're flying me back over. He said, how soon can I meet with you? So I said, just get back here, and sure enough, two days later, he's back here, and, and we treated him back here, and he stayed here about two weeks, and then went back over, but... So I don't know what kind of sports medicine they have over there, but he didn't like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I had a Well, I had a kid with well, the kid that we had here from that played, at um, – uh, Jerry Jones, that played in, and he's from South Bend, and and played here probably early two or, or you know, 2000, uh, 2010, 2011 somewhere around in there, and and he was he got hurt overseas, and he sent me an MRI report that was in. Like, it was in – he was playing in Hungary, and it was a hun- Hungarian. I'm like, I can't read this MRI report. I said, just tell your agent to get your butt back here. And I said, do not let him touch you. He goes, well, they want to do surgery. I'm like, no, don't do that. No, no, just no, get no, back no, here. no, And it was like a minor knee injury, you know, that they wanted to cut on him. And um, and so, he same deal. He stayed over here about two weeks, did some therapy and stuff, and then yeah. went back, and he was like the MVP of his tournament. But – and he's still playing. He's still playing overseas. Good, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, don't no, don't let him. Do not let him touch you. You know, uh, get no. your butt back over here and and, uh, <laughs> and he avoided the knife, so that yeah. was good. Yeah.
1: Well, I would. I unfortunately, I think House that uh, went down there to Ball State played basketball for you guys. He mm-hmm. was right after the time. I mean, I was part time in the training room then turned it over to Jim Reed and stuff. And, uh, and I got to work with him. Nice kid. nice oh, yeah. kid, And, um, you know, it was enjoyable to watch, work with him and stuff. Yeah. It'd been a lot. And, uh, I was fortunate enough when I went, uh, over to, uh, Goshen college, we ended up recruiting her, having an all American Penny and Shio in volleyball. And it was really fun to coach her for three years. Um, you know, great, person great volleyball player you know and uh, and of course Linda Komenskis I think Linda Komenskis went to IU but she was the athletic trainer over there at the college and uh, so we made up uh, now she lives right across the street from me so oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> again it's one of those it's crazy things isn't it I mean you know how how people how athletic trainers kind of end up connecting?
1: Oh, I know. Well, she was of- trying to get her. She trying to get her hours in years before that, and she was out at Northridge, and so she came and worked under me at Concord to get. That uh, was back when they had uh, the uh, what do you call it? The hour program, right? Yeah, the internship. Yeah, yeah, and so she did her internship with me at Concord, and then ended up being an athletic trainer at uh, Northridge High School, right in our conference for about twenty years, and then went to the college. So we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. she was on uh, on the committees at the IATA first quite a while. Yeah,
0: yeah I remember that too. And and because um, I think she was she on she might have been on the last history and archives committee. Yeah, yeah
1: I was on that with her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bob Schreiner yeah. and, and everything and
0: Mark. Yeah, we're going down there. Yeah. Down to. Yeah, that was. I don't. I don't was, know what I'm on anymore. I was on. I was on. I was, I was on I was on three different committees at one time in the last two years and and they just the the leadership changed on the committees and so um I don't know if I'm on any committees anymore but um, you can check your phone when you're next to the committee yeah I, I mean I mean I was on this this professional or I forget Ryan Galloy was the chair and then he resigned and I I don't know if I'm still on that committee or not but that's how I, I got in that, that, that's how I got in that IATA commercial that they ran during National Athlete Training Month, because Ryan's yeah. like, make a video of you taping an ankle or something. And I said, OK, I can do that. And then it ends up being in the commercial. So
1: um, I remember when we had that first poster I was involved in Linda, uh, when I was on the IATA uh, board and they wanted to make a poster. So yeah. I ended up putting together a bunch of pictures and everything. And we had an IATA poster of Athlete Training i forgot about that. Kind of too many things.
0: Yeah, it's so the things that things that you do that you're like, nah, this is. I'll be. A, I'm gonna just do this, and, and nothing'll come out of it. And,
1: yeah. and, then, and behold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that sure, that yeah. group that was on that, they were movers and shakers. I mean, yeah. you know, and right. especially Rick Shaw and everybody. Yeah. and If they, they did a lot of a lot of work, a lot of work behind the scenes. I would just
0: long for the ride most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I totally understand that. Um, so talk to me. You you retire from Concord, um, and then and then you end up being the volleyball the, the women's volleyball coach at Goshen College. How did that come about?
1: Oh, that's kind of bizarre. Um, I, I'm getting ready to retire 2010. All right, so it's you know and everything, and and all of a sudden I get a call. Of course, I had coached and I had quit coaching quite a few years before that yeah. one of the coaches in the area. And uh, she said, and her daughter was at Goshen College. She said, "Hey, she said uh, the head coach here is retiring. You need to apply for it." I said, "Wait a minute! I said I'm just <laughs> retiring." I said, "You know, I'm going to take it off." She, oh, she said, "You'd you enjoy it, you know?" And I said, "No, thanks." And she kept hounding me. Yeah. Her hounded me for about three months, and finally said, "Okay, I'll apply." So I went ahead and applied. And, uh, of course, her daughter was on the team, and I interviewed and everything, and I ended up getting the job. And, of course, my wife says, you're going to do what? <laughs> but, you know, I really enjoyed it. And then I got involved with the athletic training over there, helping Linda out, which was really nice. So I helped yeah. Linda out with the athletic training room and with the coaching and uh, really enjoyed that, you know, for about 10 years. And then said, "That's eh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Time to Time to sit back a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you get you get past that forty-year mark, and and um, you gotta yeah. you gotta start thinking that you, you needed to do something else for a change, and and oh, enjoy, enjoy you, right. you know. That's oh, yeah. that's yep. that's yep. yep. You're right. That's you're where right. Um, you know that's that's the thing is is that we're all, we all are working towards that time that we can do what we want to do when we want to do it, and and stay healthy enough to do that. So um, you're
1: exactly right, and that that was tough. My first year after I retired from everything, it was a little tough. I mean, because you're used to going, going, going all the time, and all of a sudden you're not. <clears throat> so I, um, I had to get used to getting up and having my coffee and sitting around and thinking, well, I don't have anything to do
0: today. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I forget who I was talking to about that last week. It was, it was, it, but that's what they said. The hardest part was that first you know, two months, three months, whatever it was, to figure out what I was going to do.
1: Well, I love doing old cars, and I've got an old 66 Mustang, thing, and I've restored. took me 20 years, and uh, I'm, you know, kind of showing that different places and doing stuff with it, so I enjoy that. You know, you take up Pickleball, and uh, that's big down in florida so yeah playing, playing a little bit of that you know and stuff and uh you know just trying to kind of with the grandkids and stuff and yeah. nice thing about grandkids is they come over stay and then they leave
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you know we got swimming pools so that are over here for that and stuff yeah. and i really i really i really this last year started to enjoy it you know i can't okay now.
0: yeah yeah so, so during the during the during the pickleball, nobody knows what you used to do, right? They're not, they're not, you know, you're not oh. telling them like oh. somebody turns an ankle. You're not going. oh, I'm I'll not. tell you, you say that, and you probably
1: get the same thing. I'll tell you, I swear, I treated more teachers and parents and everything else than <laughs> I did athletes half the time. I'd get a call on the weekend. Oh, my husband just twisted
0: his ankle. You know, what was he do? <laughs>
1: Bring him over. I'll take a look at it, you know? Yeah, no, I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing I called it, I call it, I mean, I always tell her. I would always tell our students, I said, if you want to have especially at the college level, if you want to have longevity in at, at the place you work at in the college level, it's yeah, take care of the kids. That's important. You know, you got to keep people keep your team healthy and stuff. But if you take care of the coaches, you're gonna be seen indispensable. And oh,
1: exactly.
0: And, and, exactly. And, and I would exactly. I would always take care of the coaches to the point where one time I got a, it was where I was driving back from my in-laws on Christmas day. And one of our assistant basketball coaches called me and said that his mother-in-law had gotten this hip pain in the front of her hip. And he didn't know, he wanted to know if I would come in and take a look at her. And I'm like, it's Christmas. I'm driving back from my in-laws. It's his um, mother in law. It's <laughs> his mother in law. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, if it's that excruciating, you're going to have to take her to the ER. And oh, I hate yeah. to tell you this, but that's what you're going to Well, it turns out she was passing a kidney stone. Oh, and my there, God. So, so there'd have been nothing I could have done in those regards. But he goes, Well, I didn't know who to call. So I just called you.
1: Isn't and, that it? yeah, you're you're the expert. I don't, yeah. I don't know how many times you probably get to somebody, go to the doctor, and then they'll give you a call. Hey,
0: the doctor said this. What do you think? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen you. I don't know. I, mean, I know. I mean, um, you know, sick kids. You know, coaching kids, coaches, coaches kids that were sick, or um, oh, yeah. you know,
1: I, I've you know, and I knee I've, injuries, knee, knee injuries are all right. the time over yeah. the phone. Well palpated here you know Was is that does that hurt this way you know it's like okay you know and it's, yeah that was big but and and you know at the high school level that was one thing I always felt good about I had a very good rapport with the coaches and the parents of the kids I mean they trusted me they knew what I could do they knew that if I you know if I told them you need to get to the doctor then they had to right. get to the doctor. And uh, I, I always like that. When I went and spoke at various classes, I always said, if you want to be the chief cook, bottle washer and everything and, and be totally in charge, go to a high school because you're, you are the authority there. Everything goes through you. And I said, it, it's different, but I really enjoyed it for all the time. And I did it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and again, it's, it's, you're living in the community. You, you, you got to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, did you have like I talked to Mark Leto about this because obviously Mark's been at Hobart for yes almost 30 years and, and did you ever have the 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 luxury of of taking care of like one of your student athlete or one of your athletes' kids that you took care of when you first started at Concord? I don't even go there. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I
1: still remember the first time his kids did. Had... <laughs> When he was in my class, he said, "Oh, Mr. Jr., you had my dad." And I said, "I've been dreading this day for." <laughs> oh my god! I know. Oh, that's horrible.
0: That is horrible. Now nope. I got now I got grandkids there. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, that happened. I mean, I, I never thought it would happen to me. And then, and then when Chandler Thompson's son Josh uh, transferred in um, to to, it's been about four years ago now. Um, I, I he popped up on the table to get his ankle taped, and I went, Holy crap, I'm getting old. Because, because <laughs> I said, I looked at him, and I said, You know, when your dad was an athlete at Ball State, I taped his ankles too. And he he just starts laughing, he thinks it's hilarious. And I said, Oh, yeah, this is a oh, hard yeah. one for me to swallow right now. Um, because yeah, the
1: other day, I, when I was down at uh, our local restaurant, and High, one of my student trainers came in and uh, she didn't go into athletic training, she went into nursing in, in the college. Uh, but, uh, her daughter was with her and here she's, she is at Anderson now and she's at athletic training. She's always wanted to go into it. She yes, I told her all about you. And I had, <laughs> and I had like, oh my God, couldn't you talk her out of it? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
0: well, I mean, again, that's the thing. Your influence is generational and, and, uh, it's beyond, it's beyond anything you can control at this point. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know for 20 years and all of a sudden somebody will
1: walk in and say, remember when this happened? You know, I'd like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, it, you know, you're, you've done a lot of different things in your career, both as an athlete trainer and a coach and stuff. If there was one piece of advice you would give some young people today that are thinking about either one of those professions, what would you give to them?
1: I always told my kids in class and student trainers and everything, whatever you do, I don't care what it is, do something that you enjoy. If you hate getting up in the morning and going into your job, whatever it is, whether it's coaching, teaching, and no job perfect, then you need to change jobs because you need to be happy with what you're doing. And I think that is one thing, and I've always tried to follow through with kids, and I've had kids come back and say, you know, I I didn't know what you were talking about until I had this one job and I hated it and hated it and hated it and I quit. And then I got into something I love and now, you know, I'm enjoying life. And I think that's so important. There's too many people, like, you're going to work 40 years of your life, do something you enjoy. I mean, that's why I got into it because I said, you know, I, I like athletics, I like medicine, I like science, et cetera. Um, Jim Dickerson, if you can if you can tell jokes
0: all day out yeah. there on the field, then you know what? This isn't too bad. And the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's I think that's the thing is is that um that we've I mean, all been gonna be stressing in any job. Right. And 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 I still
1: remember getting that envelope certification envelope and setting it on the table. Okay,
0: do I wanna open it? Do I not? Do I wanna open it? Do I not? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, or the or the adage that you know, people would tell you like if it's thick, then then you didn't pass and you're gonna have to take it all over again and Oh, and, that scared you know, the living daylights out of me. Yeah, and 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 I cause I got mine and, and I was still in Muncie um working at I was working at Medco that summer. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I was working the, the year after I graduated, um or not the year, but the, the summer after I graduated, I, I was working in the warehouse at Medco. And so I'd taken the exam in In June, yeah, and I'm set. I'm, you know, or was it June? Yeah, it was June, first of June, and um, and then July. You know, because now the kids get it all online, like two weeks later. They don't, they don't even understand how long you had to wait. Probably, oh, you probably. No, had to wait right
1: there. Oh, I don't know how long mine was. You know, yeah. I forgot you worked at Medco. I got to tell you a story about Medco.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: a friend who's a dentist who has pretty good finances and stuff. We were real good friends. And uh, he said, "JR, he said, you you need to get into more than athletic training. You need to get into business. You know, you make more money and so on. And I said, well, maybe sometime. And then I heard that Medco is going to be sold. And so he put together the finances. He was at that time going through an MBA program at Notre Dame. So he took it over. I mean, we put together quite a portfolio, took it over. Uh, his prof looked at it and said, it looks good. And we were in the final two Okay. down there at Medco. And she, the lady, oh, I can't think of her name that owned it. Anyway, she decided and met with us and she said, I'm going to go with the other bid. Your bid was excellent and that might've been better, but I'm afraid you're going to move it out of Muncie because you don't live here. And I guess the guy that bought it owned a machine shop there, one thing or another, and had a business there. And so he was going to keep it there. And I wanted to keep it there. I mean, we were just right. going to—I was going to move down there and stuff. And then what happened? He ended up selling out, and and now it's out in on a Wanda or whatever it is. Yeah. But I yeah. almost—we came this close. I mean, we came within inches of getting that.
0: So was that with was that with 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 uh, with Jim's group that that got the bid over you at that point, in time? I don't think it was Jim's group. Was he in on that? Well, it was him and and um, Dan Brenneman, and and um, there was another partner in there, um, Michael Lunsford. One that,
1: the one that got it actually had a business there in Muncie. I understood.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mike Lunsford would—he was a real estate agent. I don't know about that. I mean that. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I knew that I, I used to remember the history of it all, and, and that's where Callaway would. Paul Colloway would come in and and probably be able to know that better than I did. Um, I can't even think of the name of the people that had it when I worked there, but it was right after that, that I left, that they sold it to Jim. Jim was a partner. And like I said, Dan Brenneman and Mike Lunsford were kind of in the same, the same situation because that's where Brenneman basically kind of talked Lunsford into like after a while to get rid of, of Jim. And that's why, you know, then then at that point in time, because of that, people were like, hey, Jim Dickerson's not there. We're not buying any. Pr- I mean, well, I, exactly, Sean Cumber exactly. and I basically said, no, you'll never have our business ever because yep. of that. As long as you guys own that company, I don't care yep. what you shoot me bid price wise. We're not doing business with you. Well, did they sell it then? Then they sold it to to that group in Buffalo. Yeah. Which okay. now it's it's so convoluted now. I mean. It's it, it, th- that company got sold to a a hedge fund group that oh, also wow. bought Kramer and Theraband and there's another one in there. Wow! Um, it's it's um it's really interesting that it, that it, what is it? <laughs> I mean they make strange bed. I mean they're connected, but yeah. they make strange bedfellows when it comes to that. And and it's all about uh, the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly it. And, and, um, we didn't know
1: exactly who was, I mean, we thought we knew who was it that uh, she picked over us, but she told us right out that she's afraid we were going to move it out of Muncie.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I went past that building the other day and I don't know if they're getting ready to tear it down or oh, wow. they've, stri- they've stripped a bunch of stuff off of it. And, um, I think there was a heating and cooling company that had it for a while and they were using it like a warehouse. Um, wow. but uh, I need to go past there again to see what's up because, um, man, if they're knocking that thing down, I need to, I need to go get a memento from there. Oh, you need <laughs> because, to, you need to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to. Yeah. I mean, not, I didn't work there very something. long. I didn't work there very long, but there's a lot of athlete training history in that building. Oh man. my gosh. Uh, who was the, uh, uh well paul
1: before paul calloway there was a elderly gentleman that would always come up and um, and uh, was oh was the rep up around us boyd housley
0: okay yeah
1: and boyd was with him for years and uh, that's yeah. where i got to know him from yeah
0: yeah i know i knew uh, i'd heard the name boyd boyd housley but uh, ira hall and i'm trying to think who yep. else was in that um who else was the sales rep there before? Paul, again, I did that pod. I did a podcast with Paul Calloway and Brian Maddox, and we talked about all that because both Paul and and Brian started out at Medco. So um, I'm going
1: to have to look up.
0: Well, you give me all the podcast things. I'm going to have to listen to that one. Oh yeah, I yeah. Like it. yeah, yeah. They're they're they've, they've been good. Well, listen, um, it has been great to talk to you. Like I oh, said, great to talk your, to you too. Your story has been was was awesome and i knew after i read that article i knew it would be so i'm a little convoluted so glad. a little
1: turned around all over the place <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> but but it was so awesome and uh, it was so awesome to have you on here and and um well like i said i got
1: i owe i owe a lot of the who i am and what i'm in to jim dickerson and ball state yeah. and maybe it was just you know right place at the right time but Ball State is still and always will be a great place for for anybody to go to school. We got a lot of our kids up here that go there. Um, you know, I, I try to support them as much as I can, and people like you that keep it keep it going and everything. That's 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 the important thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's that's what all this this podcast stuff is about. Is that we keep these stories um, up and going, and you get to tell them. And uh, that was the thing. <laughs> that was the thing that just so disappointed me. Um, that I didn't do this earlier with with Ron and Jim because basically what I had scheduled I had this I had this the first podcast was going to be them and I had it scheduled on the Sunday that Jim went in the hospital and and we just never Uh, could recover from that so 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 lots of people will tell us stories about Jim and 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 um that that as if he were here telling them himself so um, yep,
1: he'll always be remembered, and that's how you keep him keep him remembered. Keep him yeah. in your thoughts all the time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I
1: tell you, it's been great being with uh, all the people that I've met in athletic training, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to the I goats uh,
0: meeting that we're yeah. having in July. <laughs> yeah, that's I would love to if if I didn't have this wedding, that was the deal. I was going to take my phone and just start having people tell stories because th- oh, that's be the thing. Awesome. That the thing is, it, but I've got to go to this. I got to go to this one, you know, on the fifteenth. But but the thing is, is that there's so many connections with that group. that, well, there are. You know, between um, between uh, Vinny and and oh you know, yeah, there's and, another and, guy, you know, Risinger, Risinger, yeah. And, 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 yeah. And, and Steve's got so many connections and stories and stuff. And as we get through some of these Ring of Honor members that I'm having on the podcast, eventually I'm going to start reaching out to some other people that I know that are, are connected to at ball States program, but maybe didn't go to ball state. Like, like Steve got his master's here, but he didn't go through the Oh, I didn't know program. that. Yeah. No. Where'd uh, David but,
1: Craig go? Where'd David Craig go? Did he go Purdue. to Purdue. Purdue? He was a Purdue. Yeah. Bob
0: yeah. Cause I, I, remember cause I
1: he, he called me once cause I hadn't touched in with IATA for a long time. And he said, is this, Jim, Ruth here. I said, Yeah. And he said, You're alive. He said, he said
0: We've been looking for your obituary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like David. Yeah, he David would be another great one to to talk to and and stuff. Oh, he and, would and, be. And, and uh um, be another good one. You know, yeah. he's
1: an IU grab, but he was very instrumental in the IATA. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll get a lot of these down and and get people good. telling the stories and, and have some fun along the way. So Good. But I, but I really appreciate you to being on here, and and oh, thanks uh, for asking. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. I knew it would be fun. So, we've gone off the roll with Jim Ruthier. Okay. Is- I want to thank Jim for coming on the podcast today. Um, he's definitely had a career that's had some twists and turns um, for, the, for the good. But like a lot of high school athletic trainers, I think they end up kind of putting on different hats at different times. Jim did a really good job of and was successful in a lot of different areas uh, and was one of the first high school athletic trainers to the Institute a High School student athlete trainer program um, in conjunction with his teaching responsibilities. Um, And as he said, a lot of kids that he had as student athlete trainers went on to being athlete trainers or other healthcare provider type careers. And I think that can't go um, unnoticed in the field of of healthcare, that a lot of athlete trainers have molded doctors and nurses and and PTs and physician assistants that our role at the high school level is pretty important, not just for athletic training, but for all healthcare providers. So give us some feedback, Uh, either reach out to me personally on my personal Facebook page, or you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. I'm looking, I'm excited about some guests that we're gonna line up in the next couple of weeks. It's gonna be a great summer for this podcast and, and we're gonna have a great time. So hope everybody has a great day.